Well, we're gonna get to the message in just a moment, but I wanted to make sure you knew about Elevation Nights. It's gonna be amazing. Eight cities, October 26th through November 4th. You gotta go to elevationnights.com to see if we're coming to a city near you. It's gonna be me, Elevation Worship, a few friends, and you. I wanna see you there. I wanna see you and everybody that you know there. Go to elevationnights.com. I can't wait to see you soon. Here's the message. about to meet us in a mighty and a powerful way. I am fired up about today. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for bringing that out. Are you? I, I hope you're filled with faith at every location, those even sitting at home eating eggs right now, every single person. I hope you are ready for God to touch your heart exactly where you need Him to touch your heart. I mean, today is it's just not a normal Sunday. This is a day of resurrection life. This is a day of victory. This is a day of hope. This is a day of breakthrough. So whatever you might be carrying on your shoulders today, know the God of heaven is greater. He's bigger. He's ready. If you're ready, he's ready. If you're open, he, he has more available to you than you could even possibly imagine. So church family at every location, I want you to have your heart wide open today. I don't want you to have minuscule faith just thinking this is going to be a normal, just another day, another, another bald guy getting up here talking. No, this is the day that God knows you by name. He knows everything that you're walking through, everything that you're dealing with, everything that's on your mind and on your heart. He has not forgotten about you. And today will be a day of victory in Jesus' name. Why don't you clap your hands one more time. Give God praise at all of our locations, even those at home in the chat. Go ahead and give God thanks and praise. And give somebody a kiss on the cheek or a handshake and you may be seated. Oh, I'm excited about today. I am so excited. Hey, you all already know this, but I just got to say it. You got the best pastors on the planet, right? You know that, right? Man, I am so incredibly honored to be here today. Uh, I, I met the Furtick's a number of years ago, and... Um, but I remember this one interaction I actually had with, uh, with Pastor Holly. We were actually over uh, in, in another country. We were all at, at a conference together, and I was uh, going to be speaking the next year. And she said, hey, hey, you're going to be speaking next year? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be speaking. She goes, let me give you some advice. I'm like, yeah, give, give me the advice right now. She was so leaned in, poured so much wisdom into me in that moment to help set me up for the next year. She and Pastor Stephen have, they have the type of heart that's an others-oriented type of heart. It's not about here I am. It's about a there you are kind of spirit that they have. And I love that about the Furtick's. They have been a source of inspiration and strength to me. Uh, and my whole church family, my, my personal family, our church is uh, nine years old. And I remember reading Sun Stand Still right before we are about to start launching our church. I, I remember seeing the baptisms. I remember uh, hearing the stories. I, I remember uh, all that God was doing in and through Pastor Stephen and the team and how my heart was filled with so much faith. There is a mark on my life, and all of you who are a part of the EFAM or any of our campuses, you have been a part of that. You are impacting people all over the world, but I got to say a huge thank you 
you to Pastor Stephen and his amazing wife and his kids for, for paving the way, taking the step, not quitting, not giving up. When people are turning their backs, they keep on putting one foot in front of the other. They could have quit a long time ago, but they saw you on the other side of their yes. So thank you so much, God, for the beautiful Furtick family. The songs that have been written in this house, come on. I'm still singing, come to the altar. Every, every opportunity I get, man, the atmosphere is changing now. I, my, my life has been marked. My family has been marked. So I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, speaking of my family, I do have a picture of my family. I got to show you this picture because they're amazing and beautiful. The first picture I think I have is a formal picture. This is our formal picture. There's a formal picture. Yeah, that's why my head looks all jacked up. I don't know why, you know, when you're taking those family pictures, like, no, no, put your head down, tilt it, up, okay, now squat, yeah, that's natural, so that's what I look like in that picture right there, <laughs> but the rest of my family looks perfect, that's my beautiful wife, her name is Onika, we've been married 24 years now, it has gone by so fast, she's my sexy piece of dark chocolate, that's what I call her. You can't call her that, but I can call her that. She is my best friend, incredibly gifted and talented. I mean, everything from leading to speaking. I mean, I'm just riding on her coattails. I'm so incredibly thankful for her. We have our 16-year-old son. His name is Parker. Uh, his neck is getting really thick. Uh, his pockets are still kind of empty, so he has a job right now. He's working at Jesus Chicken, Chick-fil-A, and he is... Learning my pleasure and had the first customer that was rude to him the other day. I was like, good son, now you know how we feel. <laughs> Dealing with y'all. No, he's, he's a great young man. He wants to get a car and he was buying a lot during, during COVID. You know, we're all locked up for a while and he was using all of his money for DoorDash. And I'm like, son, you need to save your money for your car because I ain't buying it for you. Uh, so we're just doing half on, on, on his car, but he decided to get a whole lot of Subway and a whole lot of Chick-fil-A, but now he's saving his money. He's saving his money so he can get uh, that car. So he's 16. I uh, love him so much. Incredible young man. Then Grayson is our middle. He's 11 years old. My wife calls him Wonder in a Bottle. This guy is so creative, so much fun, so full of life, loves Fortnite and all things creative. He's an engineer. He is an absolute blast. And then our daughter, who is a star on our Christmas tree, as my wife puts it. Uh, her name is Elle Grace. She is six years old and just the best little girl on the planet as far as I'm concerned. I think she knows it too. There's not a chance that any, she's going to, I don't know if she's ever going to work. I don't know when she's got <laughs> brothers and a dad and she's the baby girl. Uh, she's not being set up for success right now. I don't even know if she knows how to tie her shoes yet. Uh, we, we're doing everything for her. But we love her so much. So that, that's the stuffy picture. But I think I got a fun picture when we dressed up one year, too. Do I have a, do I have a fun picture as well? Yeah, this is, this is the family. Uh, I guess we were the Harlem Globetrotters or something. I don't know what we were. But we all threw on our afros and uh, had a great, great time going to a little costume party. But today we're going to open up God's Word together. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for this? I know I'm fired up. I am fired up. I am thrilled. If you have your Bibles... If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 
chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I am excited about today. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to look at verse number 57. If you did not bring your Bible, we'll put the words on the screen so you can follow along with us. Make sure we're not making anything up. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 57, it says, But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory. He gives us the victory. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The title for today's message is really simple. It's just victory. And this was just the word that I kept hearing ring in my heart over and over. I wanted something cooler. I wanted something a little bit more elaborate, but this was just what came to me. Victory, 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 victory. This is all I could hear in my heart when I knew I was coming to Elevation Church. All I could hear was victory for people in the chat. All I could hear was victory for moms and dads. All I could hear was victory for teenagers. All I could hear was victory for college students. All I could hear was victory for those that have been divorced. All I could hear was victory for those trusting God for miracles. All I could hear was victory for artists. All I could hear was victory for those that are facing bills. All I could hear was victory for those in hospital rooms right now. All I could hear was victory for those that have weights on their shoulders that they're not sure how they're going to get through. All I could hear was victory, 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 not just for the person next to you. I'm talking about victory for you, victory for your family, victory over your past, victory in your future. This is not just for others. It's for you today family victory victory over every hurt over every habit over every hang-up over every bit of disease over every bit of doubt over every bit of discrimination over every bit of fear over every bit of insecurity oh I need you to know this is for you I'm not just talking to somebody else God had an assignment for me today for you Victory. Victory. I'm new to church. Victory. I don't know much about the Bible. Victory. I ain't been on a date in years. Victory. But thanks be to God. But thanks be to God. There's a lot of people I can thank. I'm thankful for my mother. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for Pastor Stephen. I'm thankful for the worship team. There's a lot of people I can thank, but I, in this moment right now, when I think about his goodness and all he's done for me, I, I've got to thank God in this moment. I never even knew I would be in this spot. I should have been dead. I should have been buried. I should have been thanked. To God. I'm already too fired up. I'm already too fired up here. Thanks be to God who gives, who gives us. 
He gives us. He gives you. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, go, go with me. To, I got I to add another verse. I got another, this is an important verse. Um, go with me to Colossians. And as you go in there, you need to know that, that, that this victory, this victory is for, is for the seen and the unseen. It's for the now and the not yet. Come on, I'm talking victory for the seen, in the seen and the unseen. In the now and in the not yet. Your eyes will play games on you. Try to make you think that you lost because of what you see. And I'm just telling you, there's victory in what you see and in what you can't see. Oh, man, Colossians chapter 2. Um, what verse? Verse 13, I think. Is that right? Let me look at my screens. Yeah, verse 13. It says, when you were dead in your sins. I like this. The Bible's really clear. It's not like when you were, you know, a halfway decent person. No, it's like, no, you, you were dead. You were dead. You were dead in your sins. I was dead in my sins. In the uncircumcision of your flesh. God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. This is good news. This is good news. You can't outsin his grace. Jesus even died for the things you did on purpose. Not just the accidents. You know, sometimes we stumble into stuff, but sometimes if you're texting somebody at 2.30 a.m., what you doing? That ain't an accident. <laughs> but he even died for the things you and I did on purpose. He forgave us our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. I, I, I love this passage of scripture uh, right here. Can, 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 we, can we just break it down just a little bit? There's a number of different words in here in verse number 15 I, I, I want us to look at. It says, and having disarmed. Uh, the, word, the word disarm there means to take off and, or strip off clothing. Okay. The powers there, uh, the, the word signifies like, like, like first in rank. The authority here uh, uh, signifies someone that has like a state of control or, or authority over something. The, the, the public spectacle is, is, the, is when you would make uh, like, like a public shaming of someone. Uh, in, in our house, I got my two boys I was telling you about. And then my two, my, my two boys, uh, don't do this. If you're looking at other parts of the world, you might not do this. In America, we do this thing called pantsing. It's not all in America, but in my house we do. We're not allowed to do this outside the house, but my boys, we do this to each other all the time, okay? So if you're just, you know, hey, get the dishes done, all right? And somebody's doing the dishes, you come up behind them. (laughs) 
I'm not saying it's right, but we're just keeping our family alive, right? So our 16-year-old to our 11-year-old, it's, just, it's pandemonium all the time, right? I can, I'm in another room, and I can hear when Grace is like, Parker! I know my son just got pants. I know his shorts are down by his ankles in that moment. So we're getting each other all the time. You're not allowed to do this in, in public, okay? We've made that very, very clear uh, to our sons. Uh, but man, in the house, and sometimes this happened with some guests over when you're not supposed to do it when guests are over the house either. You know, parents, we got all these random rules that our kids are supposed to know. Uh, but, but there's nothing like, there's nothing like when I walk up behind my sons, At the cross, it's like what Jesus did to the enemy and all of his imps. <laughs> pants them. This is biblical. He <laughs> pants them. Public shaming, public disgrace. I'm going to do this in front of everybody. I'm going to get on this old rugged cross in front of everybody. I'm going to take the sin and the shame of the world and I'm going to put it on myself. And when he puts it on himself, there's something powerful that happens. Everything is nailed to this cross. This triumphing word it carries with it the idea to, to like display a triumph openly. It's like I'm not keeping this hidden. It was a word that they used for, for Roman generals when they came back from a victory. And they have won a battle. And this Roman general would be on the chariot being carried into the city. Maybe he would have his, his kids or his friends in the chariot with him. And they would be heading towards the capital. And his army would be behind him. And those he had defeated would be chained to the chariot. And his, his soldiers would be shouting, triumph, 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 triumph. Here is the imagery that the writer gives you and I when he talks about what happened at the cross. He says Jesus at the cross was this Roman general on the chariot. And every single bit of disease and darkness and fear and doubt was chained to that chariot. And his sons and his daughters and those who have been following him are coming behind him shouting, that's the man right there. That's the one who got the victory. That's the one who's in charge. But you know what has happened? It seems as if, it seems as if we've changed the story. It seems as if we're starting to think that maybe that didn't really happen. That maybe what Jesus did on the cross was just good for those 2,000 years ago. and We'll just kind of walk around in bondage and we'll just wait for a day when we get to heaven. Uh, I know we got campuses all over the place. Um, but for those who are in North Carolina, uh, there is a football team in uh, North Carolina called the Carolina Panthers. Y'all know about this team? Y'all know about this team? You don't even know. You don't even know about this team? <laughs> 
Y'all don't care about this team? Well, I, I don't, I can't say I'm mad at you. Okay, I can't, can't say I'm mad at you about that. Because remember Super Bowl 50, sorry to bring this up. Google it, you know the part of the world, Google this. In Super Bowl 50, the Carolina Panthers made it to the Super Bowl to play against the Denver Broncos. Oh man, woo! Well, they didn't win, okay? They didn't, they didn't win. Sorry to spoil it, they didn't win. But you know what happens is they don't know who's gonna win the game before the game starts. So what they do is they print shirts and hats that will say who the champion is. So there are shirts printed right now that say Super Bowl 50, champions, Carolina Panthers. There's a hat right now, LP, that says Super Bowl 50. Champions. Champions, Carolina Panthers. Now they didn't win, so they had to send those shirts somewhere. I don't know where they went, but somewhere around the world. I don't know if it's Europe, I don't know if it's Africa, I don't know if it's Australia. Shoot, maybe they sent them to Antarctica. There might be an Eskimo somewhere right now, walking around like, Panthers for life. Has the hat, has the shirt, maybe got some shoes. I don't know what they got. Some Air Force Ones that are baby blue. They are walking around as if the Carolina Panthers won. But the Carolina Panthers did not win. I feel like there's too many followers of Jesus walking around with the wrong hat and the wrong jersey on. We're walking around as if what happened at the cross was, is not good for us today. We're walking around as if what Jesus did back then was only good for back then, but not good for my bills and not good for my kids and not good for my business and not good for my mind and not good for my body and not good for my community and not good for my nation but I'm letting you know if you've been wearing the wrong hat and if you've been wearing the wrong jersey today is the day where your eyes are open where you can know that Jesus Christ is who he says he is he did what he said he did and that cross at Calvary is still working today I'm shouting victory I'm shouting triumph Some of y'all still aren't believing me. You're still not believing me. But what I know is if the enemy can distort our view of then, he can distort the truth of now. If the enemy can distort our view of what happened then, then he can distort our truth of now. So if you are thinking, my prayer wasn't answered, so God must not be all-powerful. We had the funeral, and we prayed that they wouldn't die. Maybe God does not work. I, I asked for forgiveness, 
but I'm still feeling shame. Maybe what Jesus did is not for me. What ends up happening with all of us at different times is we can start second-guessing what happened back then. I just felt a little bit of an assignment to open our eyes back up because COVID has tried to mess with us. Man, I know we got some folks in Florida and COVID's not down there, you know, at all. God bless you. <laughs> Rolled right through it. It was like, I'm from Texas too. We were like, oh no, no, you ain't, do you ain't, don't shut up. You ain't shutting nobody down over here. Started messing, started messing with, started messing with people. Started messing with us. Locked away in the house. Going to the refrigerator 38 times. Still feeling that one, <laughs> but God's good. Victory. Uh, so, so started messing with, started messing with our vision. Started messing with our understanding of who God is. Started messing with the power of the gospel. Started making us think that maybe, maybe science is what's in charge. Maybe government's what's in charge. Maybe my feelings are what is in charge. Maybe, maybe the pundits are what's in charge. Maybe all these other individuals, what they say, what they say trumps what God's word says. And I, I want you to know whether you listen to CNN or MSNBC or Fox News or NPR, wherever you go, every single one of them, their words will fail. But the words that will never fail, it's the words that are in this book of life right here. So I'm thankful for the Word of God, and I'm thankful for a church like Elevation that keeps preaching the Word of God. I'm not sure if Pastor Stephen felt this, but I know I discovered I thought I was people's pastor. Then I found out that Tucker Carlson was their pastor. I found out that Rachel Maddow was their pastor. I found out that these other pundits were their pastor. And I, hey, you can go get your news wherever you want to get your news. But when, I, when you come to church, when you come to the house of God, you're not trying to get our opinion. We're trying to give you the, the word, the inspired word of God written by God through the hands of men. And, and this word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. And some of us got to wake up out of our slumber we're still carrying the residue of the mess of this past season but God is trying to let you know church today is a day of victory for every single one of us what God says is still true it's still true okay uh, go, go with me uh, go, let's, let's go Old Testament let's go Old Testament Let's go Old Testament. Isaiah. Isaiah. I'm not going to talk your ear off. I'm not going to talk your ear off. Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6. Well, I'm, look, I'm just flipping all these pages. Isaiah chapter 6. Look at this verse number 1, okay? Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 1. I need a T.D. Jakes hanky. I'm sweating a little bit. Look me up. Got anything? Okay. <laughs> In the year, look at this. Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. 
Okay, so I know some of y'all are still homeschooling your kids. My daughter, my six-year-old right now, is learning about adjectives and nouns, and she don't care because she's like, brothers, do this homework for me. So, but, 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 but those who are English majors, just for a quick second, you, you know the word train can mean a lot of different things. It can be a verb, okay? Be a verb. Come on, nerds, work with me for a second. It can be a verb to train, like to teach someone a behavior or a skill. A train can also be a noun, right? Okay, person, place, or thing. And this, this you can be like a train, like railroad cars. Well, this train here, we're not talking Thomas, okay? That's not what he's talking. The train here, that's a Thomas the Train reference for those of you people Googling right now. So, he's not, he's not talking railroad cars. This train that he's talking about, this is the train like that's connected to a garment, like a bride. I know some brides are still upset about 2020, right? Whew. Had this perfect wedding plan, couldn't wait, you know, shut it down. Hey, you still go ahead and do you, all right? You go ahead and have your wedding. We celebrate every single bride that feels like their heart was broken. Just so you know, God has not forgotten about you, and he cares about all of your dreams, okay? And he is going to cross every T and dot every I. You'll have that precious, beautiful moment that you're looking for. But we're talking now about the train, like that's connected in a wedding. And he says here, the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. I saw him high and exalted, seated on a throne, and I saw the train of his robe. It filled the temple. Now, now some of y'all Bible scholars, you already know this. But, but uh, like Egyptian and, and Assyrian monarchs back in the day, as one writer puts it, they had these really elaborate thrones. Think, think Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones. If you watch that, I don't, I don't watch Game of Thrones. I only watch Jesus things, Okay. <laughs> Squid Games, in the name of Jesus. So, they've got these really elaborate thrones. And with these elaborate thrones, they would have, I mean, like any elaborate throne should have, they would have these robes, massive, long, flowing. Whenever they had a battle, they would go and they would beat that king, that camp. They would cut off the train of the defeated king, and they would sew it onto their train, okay? This is like weaves for trains. <laughs> work with me, work with me, work with me. Work with me, work with me, work with me, work with me. They would... They would attach it, and every battle that they had, that they won, they say, give me that, cut it, and attach it. It was a sign to everyone else that what this king and who this king is, that's a bad man right there. The length of your train spoke to the number of battles that you had won. So in this passage of scripture right here in Isaiah chapter 6, let me, let me give you some context how the gospel of John 
tells us what's actually going on here in John chapter 12, verse number 41. This is what it says. John chapter 12, verse 41. When Isaiah saw this, he saw Jesus' glory. When Isaiah saw this in Isaiah chapter 6, and he sees the Lord high and lifted up, Come on. what he sees in that moment is Jesus' glory and the train of Jesus' glory actually filled the entire temple signifying that our Savior has victory after victory after victory after victory after victory after victory after victory that's attached to him. It was such a large train that it filled the whole temple. So I was thinking... Wait, 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 wait. That's Old Testament. That's Old Testament. In New Testament, there's a temple. And the New Testament, the temple is. Yes. So I saw the Lord high and lifted up, seated on the throne, and the victories that he had filled filled the temple so that now means everywhere you walk you've got the train of his glory that has filled you Every step you take, victory comes with you. Every meeting you walk into, victory walks in there. Every single battle you face, victory is there. So that's why, daughter, you don't have to have your head held down. I want to encourage you right now. Remember the victory that's on the inside of you. And I know he said this about you. And she said that about you. But living on the inside of you is the very victory of our Lord and Savior. Savior Jesus Christ, so you can lift your head up, put your shoulders back, and remember who God called you to be. The train was Rome filled, filled the temple. I'm not sure what to do with my kids, but I'm so thankful. That the train of his glory and victory fills my temple. I'm not sure what to do with this business, but I do know that the train of his glory has filled my temple. I'm not sure what school to go to, but I know the train of his glory has filled my temple. I've got bills that are stacking up, but I do know this. The train of his glory has filled my temple. I'm in a hospital room right now. I got diagnosed with cancer, but I do know this. The train of his glory fills my temple. In the year 
in the year, in the year that King Uzziah died. In the year he died. In a year of difficulty. In a year of pain. In a year of confusion. In a year of why, God, I don't understand. Is anyone else? <laughs> Man, you look through my journal in 2020, I'm like, okay. Lord, what the heck is going on? <laughs> you might even have cussed a little bit in your journal. You know, just a little bit, just a little bit. Like Jesus cussing, like darn. But some of y'all went all the way. M, F's, you guys, I mean, you're just going all the way through. If that's too much for some of y'all, I apologize. But, 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 every now and then, you're like, man, God, what is going on here? What's, what's happening? What is taking place right now? I don't, has everyone lost their mind? Does no one have any common sense whatsoever? And like, is it all gone? Does nobody, are people not even thinking anymore? Lord, please take me. <laughs> Let it be peaceful, Lord. Let it be peaceful for your glory. <laughs> In the year that King Uzziah died. I like that the Bible doesn't try to make everything squeaky clean. Like God only does good stuff when good things are happening. It's like, no, you can see the Lord high and lifted up, seated on the throne in the year that somebody dies. You can see the Lord high and lifted up and the train of his glory filling the temple when you're confused. You can see the Lord high and lifted up and the train of his glory filling the temple when you're not sure which way is up. This, my friends, is why I know so, if you're part of the EFAM, beautiful. You're at one of our campuses. That is so great. But don't disconnect yourself from the house of God. Matter of fact, some of you might be watching right now. You're like, I'm not sure if I'm coming back. Come on back. Come on back, because you need it. We need you, and the victory that Jesus put on the inside of you is not just for you. It's for people around you. So go ahead and get back in your group. Go ahead and get back on the serve team. Go ahead and start giving again, because we got a world to reach for the cause of Jesus Christ. This is not about us. This is about him and his glory and his name and his fame, and he did not give us these songs and this victory for us to keep it to ourselves. In the year King Uzziah died. Yes, he died, but stop thinking that everything is dead just because that's dead. Everything's not dead just because that's dead. Matter of fact, there's still victory on the inside of you. 
And I can't tell you how to deal with your pain. I can't tell you how to deal with your divorce. I can't tell you how to deal with your shame. or, or, Or I can't tell you how fast you need to get through it. But what I can tell you is that what Jesus Christ did for you is bigger than every single thing you and I are facing right now. And at some point in time, we've got to get our eyes off of ourselves. And we got to see the Lord high and lifted up, seated on the throne, and the train of his glory filling the temple. Okay, go with me. I'm about done. I'm about done. I'm about done. I'm about done. First Corinthians. Go back. We'll go back to First Corinthians with me. First Corinthians, chapter fifteen, verse number twenty-six. First Corinthians, chapter fifteen, verse number twenty-six, it says this: the last enemy, the last enemy to be destroyed, the last enemy to be destroyed, is what? Death. Is death. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. See, death is currently defeated, but it's not yet destroyed. Okay? Follow me here for just a second. It's currently defeated, but not yet destroyed. The last enemy to be destroyed will be death. There will be a day. There will be no more death. There will be a day. Right now, it's defeated, but it's not destroyed. Um, if you, I don't know, you go to a, a football game or a, a Soccer, for those in other parts of the world, soccer to us, football uh, to you, uh, basketball game, whatever it is, like, like the championship game. And at a championship game or a UFC fight, a tennis match, whatever it's a championship match, whenever, whenever there is a battle and then someone wins, the match is over, right? It's over. But there's always this, this next little party and the next party is like the official, official announcement. We all saw the knockout. Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. We saw the knockout, but there's going to come a moment when there is going to be an announcement. And the announcement is just confirming what we all already saw. We know that the fight is over, but there's an announcement coming. I need you to understand right now what we are living in is we are living in the time in between the knockout blow and the final announcement. Come on, follow me here. What Jesus Christ did on the cross and when he got up out of that grave, that was the knockout blow. But there is a time coming when the heavens will part and the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will be raised first. And when that happens, that's Bruce Buffer. Come on. That's Bruce Buffer. Say, I know you already know what happened. It happened on the third day after Calvary that the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, 
the lover of humanity, the bright in the morning star, the one who redeemed God with skin on, who became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He was on that old rugged cross and everyone thought he was down. But on the third day, he got up out of that grave. And when he got up out of that grave, he defeated death hell and the grave and the devil and every single thing that has been broken or will be broken it's now done in his mighty and matchless name victory now and forever so this is why it says watch this watch this watch this this is why it says this is why it says in verse 54 when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable uh, oh man and the mortal with immortality then the saying that is written will come true death has been swallowed up in victory where oh death is your victory where oh death is your sting the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law but thanks be to God he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ can you clap your hands elevation church come on can you clap your hands elevation church can you clap your hands and say thank you God for the victory no thank him for the victory I got I got to be quiet I got to be quiet but look at this look at this and I'm done I'm done all right I'm gonna pray for you I'm about to be done Therefore, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Let nothing move you. Let nothing, I speak this into your heart. I speak this into your spiritual backbone right now. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know your labor in the Lord is not in vain. May the grace and the power of our Lord Jesus be with you always. If you wouldn't mind, church family, here in this room, online, even at our other campuses, for just a moment, bow your heads. If you're under the sound of my voice and you got weights on your shoulders, fear gripping your heart, doubt running through your mind, stop shaming yourself. You are in a place of freedom. You're in a place of vision. You're in a place of hope. You're in a place of life. I know the verdicts have prayed for you. I know your campus pastors have prayed for you. I know the team has prayed for you. And more importantly, Jesus himself is at the right hand of the Father interceding on your behalf right now. And I speak hope and life over you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And where weights and pressures have been weighing on your shoulders, where your eyes have been dim, where your heart has been heavy, I pray for resurrection life to fill you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray that demonic strongholds would be broken off of you. I pray that you would see yourself the way God sees you and I pray you would see God for who he actually is, that he is the great I am. He is the living
lily in the valley. He is the bright and the morning star. He is the creator of all things and he is for you and on your side. And right now, oh God, I pray that you would pour out your spirit on all flesh in the mighty name of Jesus. Let today be a day of breakthrough. Let today be a day of victory. Let today be a day where chains are broken and your sons and your daughters move fully into who you call them to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Lift our heads. Let's clap our hands at every location and give God some praise for who he is. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also help us reach others by investing today at elevationchurch.org give. And thanks again for joining us on the Elevation Podcast.